Hello, this is James Cox with the Martial Arts Lifestyle, and this is episode number 1515. Today I have some interesting topic. I want to talk with you guys about just some overall crazy stories and myths of martial arts and things that I've heard and experienced, and I think it's going to be quite interesting. So bear with me. You know, keep in mind if you haven't already heard our other podcasts, then go back and listen and follow as well as subscribe to our YouTube channel, James Cox Martial Arts. We put out some good content and I think there's some um, solid value for martial artists or non-martial artists alike to get some benefits from these things that, that, that we're preaching, all right? So today I want to kind of talk about some crazy stories and myths, you know. It's common that that I'm with other martial artists, peers, if you would, and maybe we're, if it's a training seminar or some type of a, a function, and then later on we're just talking, you know. When you get martial artists together, well, they can't tend to talk about martial arts. I remember times where we even try to tell ourselves, all right, we're not going to talk martial arts. It always goes to martial arts. You just got too many like-minded people that that are lifelong martial artists and it's part of how they live so those topics come out but remember we had some discussions before with different groups about some of the craziest things and things that come up it could be someone saying you will never believe what happened to me last week and that'll spark a story of oh man i went through that one time you know so martial arts is like everything else where there's a lot of mysteries there's a lot of myths there's a lot of assumptions phonies and it just comes out to be some pretty crazy stories in a martial arts academy. Um, YouTube and, and the internet in general, you know, I come from before before internet, so internet definitely exposed a lot of the phonies, you know, because now we have at our fingertips, you know, the ability to record and see people all over the world. So it definitely uh, revealed and, and uh, you know, Got some of the, it made things real. It brought things to life, right? So I know a common thing is when you hear stuff about like chi power and chi energy, and there's been a lot of the fake martial arts exposed. When um, and, and there are some truths to this, you know, but I only know what I know. So if if people haven't really done this on me, I'm not weak minded to necessarily believe it. And what I'm getting at is the whole big thing about chi power, and uh, you're able to hit someone without making any contact. You'd be three, four foot from them and rah, move your hand like some fireball that you're throwing and then the person goes flying, you know. Now, again, chi to me is just energy. And with technique, that is a real thing. I mean, Bruce Lee mastered the one-inch punch, one inch away punching you and had people flying. But he had to hit you, you know, but to not even be in contact with someone and they go flying and to say that you can, you know, disarm knives without even touching them and doing all these things like that. It comes from, a, a, I don't know, man, there's some insanity there, to be honest with you. Um, but it's, it's a lot of exaggeration. And I think it kind of becomes with there's like a cult type leader that people will follow when you say that there's something works, the power of suggestion and that it works and that you can do this. And then they start believing it. There was some talk about dim mock and death touch and, you know, how a martial arts instructor could touch you at a certain place or make a certain punch to the side of the neck or the ribs. And then it was Thursday they did this and they would tell you you're going to die Tuesday at six o'clock. And they knew that because they had the power of that happening. And just crazy that people would really believe a lot of those things like that. You know, those are extremities, uh, extreme, and there's some there's some truth in some of the belief, but I think it's just something that just, just got exaggerated and blown out of proportion and got 
got crazy there. I've had a lot of experiences within our schools. I think of some other crazy stories and uh, stuff like that. I remember, uh, I'll tell you a couple of quick stories here, but I remember there was a time where we had regular night of martial arts classes and, you know, these guys walked in at the perfect time because classes were over and it was me and there was about three of my top students, good, good fighters. Um, and these guys walk in, there were three guys that walked in and, you know, I think 20, 30 years ago, you would get more of the challenges than you get today. You know, people come in and challenge you. You don't get a whole lot of that today, but, um, they came in with pads in their hand. These dudes did not have a gym bag. They, uh, they had literally old martial art pads in their hands, holding them and didn't even come in and say hello or introduce herself. They came in and said, is there anybody here that wants to fight? Anybody that wants to spar? And I was younger then. And again, they came at the perfect time. And I was like, uh, sure, you know. So we kind of did our thing, myself and another one of my students, um, old Damon Landry. And uh, this was a guy that you wouldn't want to you wouldn't want to challenge much. I mean, there, there's some natural power, and he was definitely one that was heavy-handed, a knockout artist, a professional fighter, knockout artist. Now, we were respectful. It wasn't like some of the YouTube videos where we, you know, tried to hurt the guys, but um, it, it didn't last long. It didn't go well for them, but without really hurting them. Then at the end, I remember um, us trying to talk with these guys and me trying to talk with them. You know, what made you think that you could come in here and just challenge people that own and operate a martial arts school and, and why would you and what is your martial arts background what is your belt rank well this one guy went on to tell me that he didn't go by belt ranks he went by levels I was like okay levels you know there are some martial arts schools Krav Maga and some places that, that go more by like levels so I asked the dude well okay well what level are you and he literally said with all seriousness that he was at the level of catching fish out of water as he stood up and literally showed me how he jerked the fish out of the water. And this was 20 years ago or so. I saw this recently on Cobra Kai where they were doing martial arts training and they were catching the fish out of the water. But this was this guy's level and it didn't help him much there, you know. And then he started just saying a lot of other uh, just, just crazy things uh, that, that's there. You know, I remember even before that when I was young and starting in martial arts, people would ask me if I registered my hands and feet. So I think there was a thing, and this came back from even the 70s with uh, Billy Jack, the movie, and they talked about that you had to, if you became a black belt, you had to be registered with the law. You had to have your hands and feet registered because you were a deadly weapon. Well, that's a myth. That doesn't happen. You know, you know how many black belts there are, you know, registering your hands and your feet. And I had people tell me that they had their hands and feet registered. I remember a dude told me that, and... I asked him more about it, and he said he had a card, but he lost it. He lost the card that would have proven to me that his hands and feet were registered. Man, people, they say the craziest things. Uh, another story. I was at HEB here here in my hometown uh, one night after class. You know, things will happen at the weirdest times, right? And definitely caught me off guard. So I was tired. It was a long day. I don't know if I was in a great mood or whatever was going on, but I was in line at H-E-B, and there was a guy in front of me. He turned around, and he noticed that I had a karate shirt on. Imagine that. In those days, most of my closet were karate T-shirts from karate tournaments. And uh, he said, uh, you do martial arts? And I think I said, yeah, a little bit. And uh, he said, yeah, me too. And I was like, oh, that's cool. And he kept trying to talk. And I was like, well, where do you train? And that guy literally looks at me, and he says, uh, I train with James Cox. 
Uh, and I was like, oh, okay. And I, I started thinking, you know, maybe he does. I don't necessarily know all my students, but then I pretty much did because I was kind of a one-man show and I taught all my classes. But maybe I didn't recognize him. I was giving him the benefit of the doubt, and I said, um, you know, okay, well, what, what belt are you? And he says, oh, I'm one of his black belts. I'm one of the top guys there. Well, I already knew he was lying then because I know my black belts very well. And, um, you know, he just kind of he kind of starts going on about how he uh, is the top guy at the school. And, you know, I turn around and I said, well, that's funny because, you know, I am James Cox. And I don't think he knows if I was telling the truth or I thought he thought I was joking because he literally kind of laughed and he turned around and it was his turn in line next to pay out. And I never said anything else to him. I just was kind of amazed, like, man, the nerve of people. You know, how, how many times has he told that story to other people? And, you know, to be able to know something and then to be able to back it up, that's two different things. I mean, uh, should have or could have, I should have just probably invited him to the karate school to, you know, come and get some sparring in or something. But anyway, uh, we had a lot of other stories and situations like that. You know, I, I was growing up and I had a, a, a really good friend of mine. We, we, we knew each other and we were neighbors and we became roommates right out of high school and he was from Thailand. Uh, when he first came here, he didn't speak any English. So, uh, you know, again, I, I was, we, we were best friends, and we, we uh, became roommates. And when we were out together, and, you know, people knew that I would do martial arts, but they always thought that he was my instructor. Always. Only because he was Asian. <laughs> always. And people were scared of him. And he would tell me, you know, because they all just assumed that he was a martial artist, that he was a black belt. He didn't know any martial arts at all. You know, it's just, again, the assumptions of, of people. You know, I've had people um, that are were intimidated of bodybuilders, you know, not understanding that because you're a bodybuilder doesn't mean that you know how to fight. You're strong. You can sure pack a punch if you can press some weight if you knew how to punch. But technique is what makes all the difference, you know. I really just kind of wanted to talk to you a little bit and kind of share some crazy stories and kind of, I guess, get you thinking of, of don't always believe everything you hear. You know, in the martial arts world, there's a lot of stories and myths and there's, there's a lot of phonies out there. So don't always believe what you hear. We're a little at a better place now where you can fact check more often. You know, someone should have some sort of a lineage and, you know, you could say you're a black belt. You could go buy a black belt. You could print a certificate. No different than any other degree that people may boast about having and um, don't really have it. So I would just be a little mindful about what you hear and what you really believe. And yeah, assumptions, right? Never assume. So anyway, guys, hopefully that was a little bit of uh, entertainment for you today. And we'll see you next time. Thanks. Thanks.